Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And welcome to episode nine. How you doing? Doing all right, man. It's uh, good to be back riding my bike. Yeah? Yeah. I got to ride. I mean, I guess we can just jump into it. Uh, but first, we're live. Dude, we are live. We've we're... caught up. We're... Every episode is up to date and new. Exactly. Except for six, but don't worry about six. Six doesn't exist. <laughs> well, we're current though. So all yes. everything news-wise is going to be either right on right on time with things that are currently happening or it's going to be, you know, previews uh, of things that are upcoming. So when you listen on Tuesday, it's going to be current with what's yep. going on. Exactly. So we record on Sundays, post on Tuesdays. Gives me a little bit of time to squeeze in some editing, you know. Uh, but yeah, so we have a uh, live podcast. You know, we've been seeing some, some download numbers, and it's pretty exciting to kind of see all that kind of come together. Yeah, appreciate it. Anyone out there who's listening and yeah, downloading, and it's nice. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to interact with us, you can catch us on the socials. We have an Instagram and a Twitter, both uh, Post Ride Cafe. And those are not run by me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're probably really good. Oh, for sure. No blurry photos, no thumbs. Like, I will say my photos are usually pretty decent. So I, mean, I agree. Just, just for that, you know, it's worth it. That's why I said, hey, man, can you run the social <laughs> And you're like, of course. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get right into it. Our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, dude. Uh, well, I got to ride my bike. Like I said, I was hoping to ride three times. Uh, well, actually, I tried to ride four, but... You know, she'll never let me get away from doing something around the house. We're still, you know, going through all that, and it's been it's been great. It's coming together. You know, it's starting to become uncluttered and getting unpacked. So it's been nice. But I did get to get two rides in. I uh, got to seventy five miles basically, and about a little over almost twenty two hundred feet of climbing. So, you know, I'll take it. When I was off for three weeks, like I'll take any time in the saddle. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, you were out on the group ride today, so like to come back into it, a, a high intensity ride is. Not bad either. Yeah, I was a little tired. Uh, so I was at about 186 miles this week and uh, 6,000 feet of climbing. To be de determined, I might go out again today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you so, might as well. We're supposed to be getting, what, four days of rain? So. Yeah. So uh, that it's going to kind of kill the most of the week, so I, I kind of want to get something in. Oh, yeah. It's good for me because I have some more stuff to do around the house, and I have some goals I want to get done this week, so it'll probably help me out just... Not feeling as bad, not riding. Yeah. But uh, ride of the week, for me, I would say, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. Like, the group ride's always fun, and it's my second time, and learning how to kind of get involved in all that. And um, So I guess I'll just make that my ride of the week, I guess. So that one was fun. You know, there was a couple things we were talking about. You know, we were kind of just analyzing the ride afterwards on the way home. And, and uh, there was a couple segments where, you know, I'm still not able to keep up and I have to kind of pull myself back to the group. When it hits a slight rise, I kind of come back. And um, But there was a section where we, we ended up doing this climb that the, the B group doesn't typically do, and uh, I was like three or four gears too high. <laughs> you know, we were coming up this road, and we took the right turn, and I just thought I could just sarge my way up it, you know, and I'd done the climb before, and I just forgot that it just, it gets kind of steep at the end, and so I didn't even look down. I think it's like, what, 12% or something? I don't know how steep Sanctuary really is. Yeah, I would say it's the exact opposite of the name for you, because not, not Sanctuary. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like three or four gears too heavy, and like at the beginning of the climb, I was, you know, shallow gradient, so I was just kind of catching everyone, and, and by the time I got about three quarters of the way up, I was kind of toasted, and I had to sit down, shift down, get back. You know, I just lost all momentum, and so the few guys that went ahead, you know, they were 
way far ahead, and I had to just really pull hard to get myself back up into the group. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of consider that some good training legs to, like, build up some strength. So, Yeah, it's a, kind of a similar thing where I'm, I'm like, I need to get better at positioning so you're not having to work as hard in those situations. And yeah. gearing, you know, all that stuff is the same, I think, same kind of thing where you're, you need to be more conscious of like about doing things properly so you're not wasting energy, so you're not constantly fighting. You can maybe hide in the wind a little better in certain areas and yeah. so that if there's a certain section or if you're up to take a pull that it's not burning you out completely, just giving one effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the thing is I try not to look feel too bad about being, you know, I usually spend a lot of my time in the back of the group. You know, I don't position well and learning how all that kind of works. I don't want to be too much of a, of a bother or like a pain in the ass, you know? So like, Oh yeah. I'm I don't want to take anyone's line or, you know, throw yeah. anybody off if they're trying to do something. So, but yeah, I don't feel so bad. I see people in front of me hitting their brakes on a corner. I don't feel so bad, but like, you know, my goal in the end is I want to a get to the a group and, but B, I also just want to be able to participate in pull. I don't want to just go to a group ride and just tag along and, and gets pulled through a nice ride. I mean, it's fun. You're going fast or whatever, but I want to be like helping, you know, that's just how I am. Yeah. I was, I think I had said maybe in a previous episode when I was starting in Boulder, I was, I was doing the Rafa group out there and it took, I would say, you know, three quarters of the time that I was riding with them to get up to the point where I was a consistent polar on their, you know, a group or whatever. It's definitely less, uh, less intense than any of the A group rides out here because it's still a social thing. But it's still, I was like comfortable where I was like, I could ride 50 miles and be doing a good amount of the polling where right now at these speeds and and all that, I I can't do that, you know? Yeah. I'd like to, but. For sure. So uh, what's your ride of the week? So I was going with, um, I went out and there was a climb that, you had told me about, and another guy that I ride with had told me about, I actually hiked to it kind of by accident uh, earlier of that week or maybe the prior week. Uh, it, it's 36th Street, so just one out here. It's called uh, 36th Street and Lincoln Crossroads. And it is a brutal climb. <laughs> it's, I think, about 0.7 miles and what the average it says an average of eight percent that is not true. untrue yeah untrue well that first part just kind of has a little roller and it and then it then it starts to hit the climb by half once up. yeah once it's really i don't even know i would say more like three quarters of it so i would say nearly half a mile you're at 10 plus 12 plus uh it's just and then it doesn't ease up you know you finish when it gets lighter you know it's like eight percent or so yeah um but i it's beautiful especially out there right now like everything's blooming uh and i wanted to go do it so i was kind of trying to figure out how to get out there there's a couple different ways and i decided i was like i'm gonna make a loop of it and go and park out at this trailhead so it, it was kind of cool. I'm going to post up that, that ride as well in our show notes. And I have our Strava info up there too if anybody wants to follow it. But I think that's a, a big thing that I, I kind of want to be looking at. And, you know, maybe for others of like 
how to plan a ride like that, how to train for certain things. So I did, I did that a couple, I did went up that climb twice. Um, but especially on that route, you can just consistently hit all of our, you know, good climbs through Paradise Valley on, on that loop. Mm -hmm. So, and it's kind of what I, you know, you know, look for in a ride where if you can make a loop of it, if you can get some good climbing in, uh, it kind of becomes interval training a little bit just because you have, especially out here for us, those steep short sections where I don't think we have besides South Mountain anything that's over a mile climbing. So the, it all becomes sharper interval stuff. Yeah, it's kind of tough. You know, that's one of the things we wanted to talk about this week. You know, it is a slow news week, and we'll get to that uh, in the pro scene. But, you know, we wanted to put something in here and, and fill some time with something useful that we want to kind of talk about. And it's like, how do you make your rides? And what do you think about when you're putting together your routes? You know, you, you know when you first start riding your bike, it's like, I'm just going like five or six miles and then back on an out and back, you know, and it's like, you know, you're doing 10, 12 miles, and then you start creeping out. And so when you start getting into these 20, 30-mile rides, like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish, you know? And it's like, I want to climb. I want to get some intervals. I want to, you know, I'm looking for different things. Variety, you know? too, mm -hmm. I think is a big one because... Yeah, for me, it definitely is. Like, we have a buddy that can just do the same route every single time. <laughs> yeah. I just can't do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, even because where I'm at, it there's maybe two or three easy set routes that we've done that are between around 30 to 40 miles. So we'll do a lot of those during the week. Um, but like last week we went out and I was riding with someone else. He showed me a few climbs and then I kind of applied those to what we had ridden before and just did a combination of things. But just to mix up the rides as well and and just to kind of figure out what you're looking for. So I, yeah. I guess the big thing is to find out what you're looking for in a ride that, you know, are, is this going to be a flat day? Is it going to be kind of a climbing day? Is it going to be an interval day? Yeah. And, and I try to kind of like pepper that throughout the week. So usually Tuesday I'll ride with that guy and it's, it's a climbing day. And then I'll do one random day on my own. And then usually one flat day on the week. And then you know, it's everything else is either rest or prep for yeah. the, the weekend. No, I think it's important to ride with like purpose or intention, you know, like, and that's something you can only answer yourself. Like, why do you ride a bike? You know, like, so for us, we're very similar in that way where it's like, I want to get better at riding my bike. I want to be in better groups. I want to be faster and in general, all aspects, you know, and uh, definitely climbing. So yeah, I do the same thing where I bring my bike to work and there's a couple spots where I can get some good intervals and it's kind of flat, but I can... You know, as the sun, now that the sun isn't coming down so early, you know, sunset, I can actually go out a little further. So I want to start doing, you know, same thing as you develop your bicycling legs, you start to explore, you know. So you're taking your normal ride and now we're finding another little spot to add to it. And so it went from a 25, you know, our the one route we would do a lot was like 20 miles or something. Yeah. And now we've gotten it up to 40 just by going a little further and finding other little areas that are right near it and that you can, and you can hit. You know? I think a big thing, which is a, like a little bit of prep work, is finding those connectors between, you know, maybe you've done this ride and, and it's a separate thing and then it kind of ends in a different area, but finding those connectors where you can make this one complete ride. And I mean, I'll use a mix of like Strava and Google Maps and just kind of have those side by side and it's like, okay, yeah. 
do I have to hop on a bike path for a little bit to get over this? You know, because pretty much everything I'm, I'm trying to ride in a lane and we have a decent, uh, pretty good like lane system out here of where you can be in a lane and ride quite a big area and yeah. also get to whole different side of the town. Yeah. So it's not bad. Yeah, it's definitely nice. You know, Phoenix is a nice biking town, uh, even though it does have its its negatives. You know, traffic and, and people in their cars are pretty Well, yeah, the people are great, but, but like... It actually exists. There's some yeah. infrastructure there, I guess. And people's it's not a bikeable city where you like bike to work. You know, it's not quite there. But no. but as far as just like you know riding for fun and enjoyment, like there's a lot to do. You know, so we can have a good amount of variety. I don't know what it's like for other people. I, I would imagine it's can be really poor to really great. You know, there's all the all the facets in between depending on where you live. You know, but for us, you know, we have a pretty good cycling you know place to cycling city. So I can't complain. Cool. Yeah, but I think that's one thing where we're going to try to kind of go over a little bit in future episodes of so just talking about certain routes or things that we're looking for. So hopefully that's something enjoyable, especially if we have a little bit of a slower week or some downtime. Yeah, well, let's get right into the why we have a slow news week. I'm sure everyone already knows, but uh, it's coronavirus, man. Yeah, it's a, I mean, bummer all around. Yeah, it is. It's unfortunate, right? And no one wants to cancel races or, you know anything but it does happen and it is happening currently and so it is kind of putting a little you know damper on our uh, cycling we were really hoping to watch you know Stardew Bianchi this week and just didn't happen you know they canceled that they canceled Milan San Remo coming up and Torino Adriatica so you know the cycling calendar is kind of getting switched and, and altered a little bit and so you're seeing um riders switching races to ones that are still going on and you know we'll get to you know, the Perinese is coming up, and we'll get to that in a minute, but, you know, there was at least one race this week. Yeah. I think you watched it. I did. Uh, I, I mean, how are we going to pronounce La Sam, Sam, Samin? La Samin? I don't know. La Samin? I don't know. All right. That's where we're going to go with. Samine. I don't know. Someone, yeah. will, someone will correct It's us. the Sam race. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched uh, a bit of the women's and the men's uh, that, that morning. So I came in on the women's at around 20K, and... Uh, at that point, the race was already over. Sure. Uh, Chantel Black was already solo, and I found out later she had been solo. I think it was 60K of the 90K race, and there was a chase group, and there was a minute advantage over them and two minutes over the peloton. And it wasn't even close. Um, and they kind of tried to drop each other a little bit and couldn't do much and just was a you know, sprint for placings for everybody else. but So the, this is, you know, a classic race, right? Um, like a smaller classic? Yeah. What's the profile? I, I, you know, I didn't really look at it too much. Is it kind of flattish? It's not really like a cobbles or anything? Like what's There's, the... There is some cobbles, um, but it's kind of flattish, just a few short things. I actually think, I'm trying to think if they go over any of the, the climbs that are in. No, I think I'm confusing that with like the... Um, the ones of the prior week races. So yeah, I think, cause this one's in France as well, I, I believe. Um, but it's it's mainly flattish with some cobbles. Usually usually there's poor weather and, and that wasn't the case for most mm. of this either. So it was so they're a little more, more straightforward than- Sprinters classics. Yeah, sprinters like a, or just a hard man kind of, sure. kind of thing. Someone who doesn't necessarily need to climb, but is strong. Got it. 
So yeah, and the men's, uh, De Kunic had already won two of the last, or two years in a row, so they were kind of looking for a third, and they had the, the winner of, of the previous year in the race. And, um, I mean, it rained a little bit in the beginning, and there was most of it, attacks and break groups kind of turned really into nothing, fizzled. It wasn't until uh, around like 22K where anything really started to happen, and it ended up around 11K where there was a group of about 14 riders that went off, wow. and it turned into a reduced bunch sprint with uh, Hugo Hofstetter winning, which was interesting, like, just because there's there were some Dakuna guys there that looked real strong, and a big one was Mazzolo looked really strong throughout it, and I think just did too much work and kind of faded. But he's looked good throughout this whole kind of classic seasons, kind of the takeaways from this race. I think he's just, he's looking strong, um, kind what of weird. What team is Nizzolo on these days? Uh, he's on NTT. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, so I, NTT I, looking good. Yeah, no, they. I think, you know, you get a new jersey and a new team name and you get rid of Mark Cavendish and things start looking up. I mean, let's, we know what the big one is. <laughs> they changed it. It doesn't jerseys. need to be. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> it. But I, yeah, so awesome for them. And then also just for Israel, uh, startup nation, three wins yeah. so far this season. Pretty big. And I mean, this smaller classic, but a big yeah. race even still. Well, only race of the week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's so going to read to be about big. it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to read their name now. So. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch that one, and I was really hoping for Strade. And yeah, I think it's like a Tuesday race anyway, so it's... Yeah, it's tough for me to watch anything during the week. The uh, Yeah, it was just unfortunate, because like, they had said on Monday, you know, race is on, and then they canceled it like Thursday or Friday or something. Like, it was really... I think it was Thursday. It had gone back and forth, because yeah. the I think the organizers were like, yeah, it's on, but then eventually the government was like, no, nah, we're canceling everything. Well, I think that's what they said, too. They were like, no, we totally are going to do it, but like also the government has like final say, and so we'll see what happens. And it was like, well, the writing was on the wall, and like... I think they just wanted to be in that position to say that, yeah, we're, you know, it wasn't us. That was yeah. out of our hands. I mean, it is what it is, like... But yeah, life goes on, and uh, you know there'll be more racing later on this season, and it's not the end of the world. But uh, one thing I wanted to touch base on was, um, you know, forgive me, I, I know I didn't read the damn thing, but you know I saw that uh, Velen suspends their Hammer series, right? They've been having uh, going back and forth with ASO and UCI, and just want to touch on the topic just in general of like, I just find it frustrating where like, you know, you have these big races and these teams, and it's like. All you ever hear about is like sponsorship and how it's tough to like keep teams around because of money and you know these the Velen group tried to make their own race and like they're trying to like find some alternate avenue to like make some money and um, it's just unfortunate that it, it didn't work. Yeah, because it, it really never seemed to take off and I don't know if that was coverage because every year I would see it, you know, I think it's been maybe two or three years that it's gone on now. Yeah. And I just didn't quite understand it. I mean, they were... Well, they have a super confusing format. That's yeah, because it was problem. a points thing, and there, was, there wasn't any coverage, really, that, that I had ever seen. Yeah. And then... But I, I'm pretty sure it was kind of a cumulative points race between, you know, the series. Correct. Yeah, the teams. Well, like, so from what I remember, it's like there was like two or three days of races, and there's 
one's a climbing day and one's a sprint. You know, so you're getting points for every lap you're doing on this climb. And if you're at the front, you get points for your team. And so it's like, you know, they tried to, you know, credit to them. They're trying to create an alternate type race. And like, I think it was so busy trying to be manufactured that I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to catch. Well, yeah, busy trying to be different. And yeah. they, I think it was too different. And with the lack of coverage and everything else, it, it just didn't work out. No. I mean, they tried to make it into like an event, like a festival. There's like bands. And it's like, I mean, you got to try something. And it's it's just, it seemed like a recipe for disaster to me. Like That's they, also just not what I'm into. I'm like, I don't want to go to a festival anyway. They know? did so, that. I think it was maybe the last year of the Colorado stage race. Because there was like the, the USA Pro Challenge. And then the, which I think was in Colorado, and then they had the Colorado kind of classic or whatever mm -hmm. they were calling that race. But I remember they, same thing, there was like Death Cab for Cutie playing. Like there was bands and, and activities going on. So I think they were trying to reach a larger audience where if you weren't that into racing or whatever, you can still come out and drink and have some food trucks and see a band. And yeah, it's just it just strange. spreads it too thin because then it's like, People are like, well, what's the point of the racing being here if there's a whole other thing going on? Mm -hmm. Well, you also just increase your production costs and you have all these other things. And it's like, it's tough enough to have a bike race as it is. Yeah. I'm just hoping one day they bring back the Pro Cycling Challenge. Yeah, it was cool. Or, I mean, something. Yeah, I mean, because you see like those races in, in Colorado, everything's beautiful. Even, you know, we talk a lot about Tour of Utah. It's like the biggest race now because California is gone for now. But... They're so close to being, if they can get them closer together, you can like bring more world tour teams. And there, there is good world tour support for those races. So, um, but if you calendar them pretty close, then they have a reason to be here for multiple races. Well, yeah. And there's better riding and climbing out there than a lot of other places. You know, I'm not going to say it's the Swiss Alps or France or something, but sure. some Still of the pretty. mountains in Colorado and out in Utah are beautiful and you can ride there at different times of the year of other places and and there's tons of riders so you would think that the demand would be there and sponsors yeah. and all that but i don't know well i think you know botters had talked about it before where just the costs of running an event are more expensive because in the tour de france or some of these others they're like built into the culture and the government has some amount of say in how much it costs and they give them some subsidies or in america it's like you have to pay for everything. It's a private event. You know, there's no subsidization or anything like that. So it's just more expensive. I think he said something like the one week of the Tour of California cost as much as the entire Tour de France, you know? That's nuts. So if that's true, it's just like, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. So we'll just have to create a GoFundMe or something. I mean, that's what they did to save their team the first time. <laughs> so that's true. All right. So that, you know, kind of wraps it up for the week, you know, as far as like what's going on. But we want to take a look at what's coming up, right? So this week, starting today, is Perinice. And yep. we decided to record this before the race and just talk all about Perinice next week. But we can get into what Perinice is and, and what's what kind of stages and what do we think is going to happen. And so, you know, having said that, we talked earlier about the coronavirus. And so what's happened is some of these races like Trina Adriatico and Strade have been canceled. So you're seeing teams and riders that were going to go to those races come here. And so the teams have kind of become almost like super teams. I was like, they are stacked, yeah. some of them. So like looking at like, you know, we were kind of looking at um, who was even coming and it's like, 
you know, Trek has Richie Port and Vincenzo Nibley, and you have Sagan and Ackerman, and you have on Quick Step, you have Olive Philippe and Sam Bennett, and like you're just getting teams with two or three big riders on each team, and like yeah, they're just stacked. So I don't know what's gonna happen. I was gonna say like interesting to that to I would say this stage, the the first stage, and some of the other ones where you're like it could be a sprint, but then when you have a people like Al Fleep and Sam Bennett on, it's like, which one do you work for? Because mm -hmm. you're, you're playing it a different style of race. You're like, all right, all right, do we wait for the sprint? And I think Dakunik had that the other week where when they won, yeah. when was it Askren? And, mm -hmm. and he went out and was just like, all right, I'm going to go solo. But I was looking at Lotto, um, Lotto Sidal, and they had philippe javert and then they had caleb ewan too and it's like same thing like what yeah. are they going to do and it's sagan and ackerman like what are you going to do like who are you yeah. working for well this race is traditionally like a you know a build-up race for gc you know it's not like a lot of climbing per se but it's like it's the first like stage race week you know besides like two down under that's way earlier in the season but you know so this is like a build-up to the giro and the tour and so you kind of get to starting to get an idea of what gc riders are up to you know how the teams are coming together you know it's a it's a good indicator of that kind of stuff and um you know stage one is pretty flat it's you know it's kind of bumpy all over so it's probably a lot harder than the, the stage profile looks but there is a little cat three you know i don't know 15k or something from the finish yeah, or maybe it's closer than that, five. I think. It's like yeah. five or six. So, you know, you're, you have the potential of a classics rider and a perfect stage for an Al Philippe. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. Him or someone very similar to him and Punchur well, kind of yeah. solo day. Philippe Gilbert, Jasper Stoyman. You have these names that are can do Askren classics. on their team, yeah. too. <laughs> Askren's on there. So, like, you know, you have these are the types of riders that want a little bit of a climb before a descent into the finish, you know, and so. You know, it's a great stage for Gilbert, I think. Yeah, I would say where they can break like the traditional sprinter's legs because it's a 7.8 or almost 8% climb, that Cat 3. Yeah. So it's it's going to take out. I think if they race it hard, if they want to, they can easily drop all the pure sprinters. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how long that climb was anyway. It's only a few K probably. but One and a half. But, but still, at like nearly 8%, if you hit it hard. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I kind of expect it to be a little excitement, right? Stage two, pretty traditional sprint stage. You know, you'll probably see Ackerman and, you know. Uh, Ewan. Ewan mm -hmm. and those guys kind of go for it. Um, stage three, same thing. It's basically another sprint day. You know, it has a, it's kind a little of bumpy. A little bumpy, a little rising to the finish, so you might be a little tired, but I still expect it to be. A you could sprint. still, I mean, Bennett and Ewan yeah. are both yep. good climbing sprinters. So. Yeah, we saw them at, what, Hotta Dam or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they can do that. And then Wednesday they have a little time trial. I don't even know who's here for time trialing. Um, but, yeah, it's just a little 15K. It's not a big one, so it's not like a. I mean, I heard a Rue's good time trialist. I don't know if he's here. But... Dude, Nairo's here. Oh. He's been I'm... improving. I'm actually curious to see how he does because. Rumor has it he has been working on his time trial, and so that would be interesting to see. And obviously, he's had a resurgence this season. So, uh, and yeah, next, what, stage five or five? Yeah, this one's a little bumpy. I actually kind of think it could be a, you know, this is a potential breakaway stage. It's, this looks like a breakaway day. Yeah, it's pretty lumpy. It has a climb, a cat two right out of the uh, right out of the gate, you know, first 15K or something. So, um, and then a couple cat threes near three quarters of the way through, and it's a little bumpy even after that. So, it looks like a pretty good breakaway day. Um, 
So that'll be interesting. And again, this race has a lot of classics riders and stuff trying to keep form, you know, for the the any remaining that are coming up, you know, it's hard to know what the calendar's up to. And I think all those guys are going to be hitting it hard just because oh yeah. They don't know what else they can do and they're trying like you were saying to keep keep in shape mm-hmm. and they haven't had those those days, so they want to be prepped for yeah. um for Perry Robay and they want to be prepped yep. for Flanders. So exactly. they, they want those hard days in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, not everyone has access to suitcase presses. So uh, Nathan Haas or whatever. <laughs> Did you watch any of those? I saw the, the hurdles on <laughs> there. Yeah, Nathan Haas was stuck in UAE. Tour. They let them go, finally. Yeah, I today, saw this morning. Think, yeah. Jeez, man. I know, it was rough. Stage six, that's a pretty lumpy stage. A couple, what, four cat twos and two cat threes. So When it ends on that, a little descent, but there's one little kicker right at the end, too, which I think another Punchure Classics guy can... Yeah, there's a couple cat twos, though. I think a GC rider might try to attempt this. So the day after this is the big climbing day. You know, it ends on the uphill cat one, and which isn't like, you know, anything too crazy. But I think this is going to soften up the legs. But again, what we typically, what you typically see on these is when everyone knows Saturday is the big climbing day. I think like, they're going to save their legs. They save it. their legs. But I'd like to see someone go out and just hit it. It would know? be nice, yeah. but pretty much always they save Why their legs. Why would you want to, you know, race for the win? Yeah, Saturday is, is going to be a fun one. That's the, you know, ends on the Cat 1, um, where Cat 1, it climbs right out of the gate. Um, it's pretty flat, and then it hits a Cat 1. And it's then like it's 18K for at about 8, 8.3%. Yeah. So not too, too hard, but I think I think this should favor the traditional climbers. Yeah. Because I think that's right in the, the sweet spot of, of gradient where you can just go on it. Yeah, it's not very high, right? So altitude isn't going to be a factor. I think the maximum it reaches is like 1,800 or something meters. So it's not like the Alps or something where you're in high altitude and you can kind of wear people out. It, you know, it's it's long enough and, and steep enough that I think you're going to see a pure climber for sure. Just hope they don't, like, attack in the last K. Oh, no, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> you know, their power meter, they're looking at their meter. They know they can't ride more than 400 watts, so they're not going to attack, you know. I feel good. But my, my computer says that I'm not. Yeah, why, why try to wear anybody else out? Yeah, if you're feeling like crap, everyone else probably feels like gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, it would be really disappointing. That's just how it's been. Like, There's this string of racing this last few seasons where attack with 1K to go. And like, I don't know, it just bugs me. Well, it doesn't suit the style of a pure climber, so why are you doing that? Like That, that works for the time trialist kind of climbers like that's great they love it yeah exactly and then uh, apparently i don't have the last stage here from nice to nice but you know it's a pretty it's going to be a sprint and like it has a little bit of bumps in the middle but overall it's just the final it'll stage. be a sprint so it's a sprint stage like typical but yeah it's like a it's just a little build-up stage race um i don't know who i think will win this one though i mean i guess it just depends on form like Owlfleet could take the overall, especially if he goes out and, and gains some time on one of these kind of little kicker days. Maybe he gains 30 seconds. He can hold 30 seconds on a climb like that, I would imagine, because it's not that hard. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll go with Quintana. All right. Because there's that 8%. I think he's looking really good. He's super confident. I think he wants to really... He's not going to win any of the Grand Tours, so he wants to win some more stuff. So well, I think see. he'll be in perfect form to do such a thing. I'll just stick with Alaphilippe. I mean, is I was going to change it. He was sick with coming into this is the true. only reason I was questioning it. But I'll stick with Alaphilippe. No, that's a perfectly good 
You know, Camper Nerds, dude, he's here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sticking with uh, sticking with the underdog, Nairo Quintana. I think it's a good. I, that's a good pick. Thanks. He's been looking. He's been looking sharp. Yeah, and uh, you know, his team has been looking sharp. You know, I'm not going for is Richie Port. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, man. I want Richie Port to use this as a good training, and I hope he's is getting better. This is probably his last big hurrah to win the Tour de France, and even that doesn't look good. His time trialing is kind of off. You know, he used to be really, really good at that, so um, we'll see if he can build it up. Be curious how Nibali goes as well, just because yeah. I, I don't think I've seen him really at all this season. And Well, he was supposed to race one, and then I think he canceled. I think he got sick or something. So, But yeah, no idea of his condition, so yeah. it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a good race. Yeah, no, it's uh, kind of... We were hoping to be in the thick of the classics, and we're kind of taking a little detour, and I'll have to watch Perry Nice and be happy with it. It's a race to the sun. Ready. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. Check us out on our socials, Instagram and Twitter, slash Cafe. Yep. And this will be up on Tuesday with probably a few more Instagram posts and things in between. That's right. Thank you. Have a good night. See ya.